Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You already know what time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's the mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really could have devoured him and from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we gotta change lanes. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Indeed, 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 ladies and gentlemen, episode 265. This is the Pancakes and Power Slam show. I am Chris Featherstone. As always, follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter, at Crave Wrestling, of course, Facebook fan page, Crave Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, as you all know, uh, I've had back surgery and uh, (laughs) uh, two childbirths uh, in between uh, the, the duration of 265 episodes, and I'm still here. We've made it every week. The reason why I say that is I'm recovering from the flu, ladies and gentlemen. How about that? That is exciting. Um, the past week, I've felt miserable, uh, but I feel better now. I've got some good doctors and uh, uh, more than that, some good prayers. So thanks for everyone uh, who are, are attached to my personal Facebook page. Thanks for all the well wishes. Uh, I'm not at 100%, but... Uh, the show must go on as I do every week. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, we I'm really, really excited about this interview. This is going to be exceptionally fun and exciting uh, to talk to this former WWE star 
and even beyond WWE, he's, he's competed in so many places throughout the, the nation, throughout the uh, the country, throughout the world, uh, that his, you know, 20 years of experience, a little over 20 years at this point, uh, just he, he's so he, he's such a seasoned veteran uh, and still relatively young age. So it, it, it's my honor to interview and to introduce none other than Nick Eugene Dinsmore. How are you tonight, sir? Chris, I'm doing great, brother. 265 episodes is a lot, my man. It is. It is. Congratulations. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I celebrated five years uh, WrestleMania weekend, so we're at five years and three weeks. Five years and three weeks at this time. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, Spreading good words. Yeah, absolutely. So I was just recently looking at uh, an old WCW match with Nick Densmore against Horace Hogan. And uh, yeah, he, he forearmed me in the face in that match, right in your nose. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't Burned playing. my nose. Yeah, that was no, <laughs> that was no good at all. You know what the funny thing about that? I think one of the funniest thing about that uh, match was, of course, you were you know enhancement talent to, you know, it, I guess there's two funny things now because I just discovered this. I guess you're the lowest of lows if you're an enhancement talent to typical enhancement talent. Because because Horace Hogan was typically an enhancement talent of his own, but you became an enhancement for him. Uh, but yeah, so that was uh, I guess the the lowest of the rungs. But the funny part of that was Scott Hudson was really trying to put you over in that match, though. So kudos to Scott Hudson. He said, you know, Nick Densmore, you know, he's been doing a lot. He wrestled the cat and the rat, and now he's against Horace. I thought that that was hilarious. Yeah, it was a good time. 1998, 1999, I wrestled maybe 15 shows for WCW. Uh-huh. The How night shows at Thunder when they, when they were on top. Um, at the very first Brian Pillman Memorial Show, I met Terry Taylor, who at the time was working for WCW in the office. And he mm-hmm. called me in. Um, he got released, and then he signed me to a developmental deal with WWE in late 99. Nice, yeah. And you wrestled um, for USWA for for a hiccup too, right? You wrestled uh, Doomsday, which was Kane. <laughs> yeah, I wrestled him as Dooms- Doomsday or the Unabomb or something, and then uh, also as Big Big uh, Big Diesel. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Yeah, Unabomb was smoking him on a couple shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did smoke him out. He did USWA. Yeah. Yeah, that was hilarious. Late late ninety seven, like the last six weeks that USWA was around. So were you there for the closing? Um, I know so the last show, but yeah, I was there. Oh. The very last okay. show was the big one in Memphis and I was supposed to wrestle P G thirteen. Flash Flanagan and I was supposed to wrestle P G thirteen and I know showed him. Oh wow. There was some yeah. there was some, some some backstage politics going on and I was caught in between but Ah, got you. Couldn't help uh, but Lawler was uh, was the executive at that time, right? Yeah, Lawler. Um, his name was on my check. The first check I yeah. got for for doing yeah. TV was for twenty five dollars, and I was so excited because I had Lawler's autograph on my check. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow, twenty five dollars for for twenty five dollars for TV. Wow, that was that was exciting. Uh, was I'm exciting. sure it was a lot. 
Boy, yeah, well, you know, and it's one of those things I've interviewed so many wrestlers and listened to so many interviews. I mean, a lot of times that's that's motivating enough, you know, to to keep going. Um, well, know, but like I grew up in Louisville. I grew up in Louisville, mm-hmm. and the Memphis TV was on in Louisville on Saturday, yeah. so I was on TV in my hometown. Oh, it was bigger yeah. than just the twenty-five dollars or wrestling the match. I mean, I, I was on live Memphis TV, and a week later the broadcast was on was on Saturday in Louisville. Yeah, it was a big yeah. thing around Louisville to make it to TV. Yeah. So uh, you were in, uh, so Danny Davis was over OVW when you were probably successful there, right? Uh, yeah, Danny Davis started OVW in probably '93. I signed mm-hmm. up with OVW in Louisville in '96. Mm-hmm. I wrestled for USWA in '97. Wrestled for WCW in '98, '99. Got hired by WWE in '99. The OBW Danny Davis got the uh, developmental contract about 1998 with uh, WWE. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, what was it about you? What was it about Densmore that won ten OVW heavyweight championships? That's phenomenal. And you won what, like a dozen tag team titles, didn't you? Oh, something like that. I don't know. I quite <laughs> lost count. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I, I was there. I, I was a focal point of the, uh, you know, of the story writing. When, when Danny was training class, Rick Rogers was training class, and Jim Cornette was uh, writing the television. You know, I was, I was the top baby face ever. You know, my hometown boy. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, plus at that time when, when all the WWE talent was there, mm-hmm. I had more experience than, than than most of them, all of them, and I was the one that was helping in the ring, training them in, in training sessions. As well as wrestling, you know, John Cena, Batista, Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton, Shelton Benjamin, you know, all those guys when they first started, I was wrestling them on TV. Yeah. And in the process, I won 10 heavyweight titles and 12 tag titles or whatever it is. (laughs) Wow, that's phenomenal, man. I think, I can't think of anybody else that has had that level of success. I know I've, I've interviewed Conway, I've interviewed. Uh, Doug Basham, uh, two other very successful OVW talent, um, but yeah, you're, you're one of, if not the best, you're 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 up you're up there in the top. So that's that's awesome. So I'd imagine the success in OVW uh, is what prompted the Eugene character, or was it just who who grabbed you, you know, for Eugene and looked at you and said, "Perfect, that's he's going to fit the role perfectly." Um. Well, I, I pitched the idea to the writers, and they didn't really bite on it. And I pitched the idea to the, to the road agents, and they kind of, you know, Arn Anderson and Dean Malenko and, and Fit were like, you know, that's decent, but, you know, I, I think wrestling's kind of gone beyond this idea. So I just kind of shelved the idea. And about six months later, I was sitting in a meeting. I actually had a meeting with Vince McMahon and Stephanie. And Vince going, I want to get back to character-based wrestling. This was 2004, early 2004. And I just spit out this idea for the character I had. And he was, great, we'll start on Monday. But I had no oh, idea wow. what the character was. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> it took some uh, learning who Eugene was very quick. But it was, it was, I took, at the time, everybody still wanted to be a strong heel. Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted to be Austin or Goldberg. And I wanted to be a comedy, sympathetic baby face. I wanted to sell mm-hmm. and do comedy. Because that's something that nobody else did. The only kid's character that they had at the time was Hurricane. And at the time, Raw and SmackDown were split, so I knew that one show did not have a kid's character. Yeah. So I looked around, and, and, and what the locker room with the TV show was missing, and I tried to fill that void. 
Wow. Yeah. That's good business. Filling the void. <laughs> That's good. There you go. No. Yeah. It worked, right? Yeah, it sure did. I, you know, there's people, there's notable managers uh, who don't think, uh, who think that was the worst part of your career. But a lot of people, including myself, you know, feel like it was your best. It was, you know, it was your, your most popular. I mean, you still go by uh, Eugene in a, in a different way. You know, you're, you're the character, you know, over a dozen years later is still, is still popular uh, because, you know, people know Eugene and the matches, the, the really popular matches that you had, Specifically against like Triple H and Kurt Angle too. I guess two of your biggest matches. Um, also, uh, your WrestleMania spot with with Hogan and Hassan. Uh, you, you really did some awesome things in just three years on the main roster. Well, you know, I helped train Muhammad Hassan. I was the first one to ever break him in the ring. Nice. I still wrestle with uh, Davari around the Midwest area. You know, currently. But, you know, I was in the ring with The Rock. I was in the ring with Hogan. I was in the ring with Cena. I was Shawn Michaels. I wrestled Triple H. I wrestled Kurt Angle. I even pinned Vincent Rand one time. Sure did. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. um, it was a good run. It was, it was a good run. Funny equals money. There you go. Now, you your, your match with Triple H at SummerSlam, um, you know, Triple H, uh, like I said, I've interviewed a lot of people. Some people aren't really, you know, don't really have good things to say about Triple H. Some people has decent things. Some people have decent things to say about Triple H. Now, who was it that actually handpicked you to have such a prominent marquee match against Triple H at, at SummerSlam? That was huge. Uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, honestly, um, I heard that, you know, Vince wanted the storyline to go that way, but I, I don't know that for a positive. I mean, at that time, I'd really just kind of show up, and, and they would give me what they wanted. We yeah. try to work out, you know. I, I, I try to make the best with uh, whatever they gave me, and try to make you know the best segment on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Now, how strict was the writing at that time? Was it, you know, because nowadays it's script, 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 basically verbatim memorized. How was it then? Did you have any type of wiggle room to improv? Um, a little bit. I, I mean. They would kind of give me a general outline because, I mean, Eugene was kind of off the rails and different anyway, and it was more it was more William Regal and Bischoff that had to toe the line and tell the story, and I could just go and play honestly and let them react, but then they had to get back to whatever the the segment was. So I mean, collectively it was it, I think there was a, there was a lot of imagination and a lot of liberty, um, but it was like we knew where we needed to go and we knew the point that we needed to get in the time that we needed to hit it at, you know, and Eugene would be off. There was one segment that never aired. It was a serious segment where Bischoff pulls Regal to the side and is whispering something to him in. And I was in the background just playing, and I found a uh, uh, fire extinguisher that was just mm-hmm. in, in this closet. So I pulled it out, and both of them had their backs to me. So I just hit the fire extinguisher and blew it right in the middle of the, the tape. And, and both of them just like started <laughs> busting out laughing. And, and everybody thought it was great, but for the tone of what we needed for the segment, we needed the segment to be a little more serious. So we were to yeah, yeah, that's that's really really funny. Uh, and then and then Angle, I mean, what uh, the, the next year? I mean, oh four SummerSlam, you Triple H, and then oh five SummerSlam, Angle. I mean, uh, one Hall of Famer, one future Hall of Famer. That's like I said, that those are huge opportunities for 
um, <clears throat> one of the biggest, you know, pay-per-views of the year. Um, was it the same, just being there at the right time? Because there were some ups and downs as far as the Eugene character, but you still landed in the major spot against Kurt Angle that year. Well, Kurt, Kurt from, from what I know, Kurt wanted to work with me. They knew Kurt was going to go on and wrestle Cena, so they wanted, you know, the big bad heel to get as much heat as he could before yeah. they wrestled the champ. And yeah. the most heat you can get of them are, is on the most sympathetic guy on the roster. So Kurt goes, you know, give me Eugene. And Kurt had some great ideas where uh, he wanted to do something right before he started wearing the mouthpiece, where he busted his teeth and he had to have his mouth, uh, like, wired shut. Like, Eugene accidentally hit him, something busted his mouth. And then Eugene shows up with the gold medal that he won at the airport. We, we taped in the airport, and Kurt Angle comes out with the mouthpiece in, and it's all wired up, and he can't talk, so he's, like, like muffling the sound, and Eugene comes out with the gold medal, so there's a big limo. You know, for the, for the Olympic champion. Oh, you got the gold medal. You missed the Olympic champion. Get the limo. It takes me to TV. And here comes Kurt Angle, like, like with the mouthpiece in, screaming, but if you can't hear it, oh, you, you missed the one that had to be on the short bus. Come on, let's, let's get you to TV. <laughs> but uh, they, didn't want, uh, they didn't want comedy for, uh, for what they were doing. So, again, a, a good segment. Kurt came up with that one. It was a good segment that they never made air. Mm, wow. Yeah, so there's a few like Kurt. I mean, without a doubt, like one of the best athletes I've ever been in the ring with. And, oh yeah, uh, just to beat the beat the bejesus out of me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but you beat him. Eye, you beat me. You down. beat him before there. That before then, though, you <laughs> beat him on Raw. Well, I wrestled Kurt. Um, it was actually the night after Owen Hart died. Before Kurt was on TV, I wrestled my first dark match uh, in St. Louis, and I wrestled mm-hmm. Kurt before he was on TV. Before I was on TV, um, and I'd known Kurt for a while. Um. But it was, it, was, it was fun to wrestling in, in, in that scenario. I mean, it was, it was exciting. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so, you know, I guess basically the WWE kind of felt that the character ran his course, which what was that what prompted the release mostly? Well, I mean, I was under contract for, uh, good Lord, from 99 to 07. Yeah. And then under contract again in OA, then as a coach again in 2013, 2000, yeah, 2013. So, I mean, I've, I've always, I've worked, you know, 13 years over the past 20 years for them. I'd say it's a pretty good run. And never say never, you know, Perry Taylor told me that he was in the contract five separate times. So, you never know what could come about. Join the club soon, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, NXT is always looking for coaches. Uh, you, you you were NXT, you were a coach at NXT a few years ago, weren't you? Yeah, for two years, from 2013 yeah. 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so hopefully. When, uh, uh, when Neville was there, Bailey was there, Sasha Banks yep. was there, Charlotte was there, Kevin Owens was there, and, and the whole group that, that was on that is on NXT TV now was all learning the ropes then. I yeah. helped train Chad Gable from day one. I helped train Braun Strowman from day one. Nice. So, what did you see? Did, I mean, did you see money in Strowman at that time? Absolutely, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. A different look. He was big. He was, I mean, a, a, a great athlete. He, he comes from a world's strongest man background. Yep. And he told me films of him, you know, pulling the, the, the semi-trailers and throwing the kegs of beer and, like, all the strongman stuff. I mean, legitimately as strong as, a, as an ox. And uh, just, I mean, just a look and the intensity. Without a yeah, doubt. Awesome. awesome. Well, let the listeners know where uh, to find you now. I know you have your own uh, independent promotion, if I'm not mistaken. 
Uh, I met Ross yeah, Alpro. Yeah, awesome. Super yeah. South Dakota, the best little city in America. <laughs> uh, MidwestAllPro.com, Midwest All Pro Wrestling. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on YouTube. Um, we have live events monthly at the Icon Theater in Sioux Falls. We're training the stars of tomorrow. We've uh, had past events. We had Damian Sander running a group with Shelton Benjamin. We had um, all kinds of guys. Um, most, most recently, we brought in the Honky Tonk Man. He came in at a big event for us. And we're gearing up for a big event uh, in July. Our next event is May the 7th at the Icon Theater. MidwestAllPro.com is where people can check us out. MidwestAllPro.com. How about your... Chris, let me ask you, per- why, why pancakes? What's pancakes? <laughs> well, I'm sure that you've had, uh, I'm sure that you've pancaked people in your day, and uh, uh, you have uh, fell victim to being pancaked in your day. Um, a couple of reasons. One, uh, it's a football term, as you know, for just, you know, flattening yep, something. Yep, flattening yep. something yeah. uh, and then uh, on top of that, uh, it was kind of like a tongue-in-cheek type of thing, because my very first episode back in... Uh, uh, April of 2012 was actually in the morning, so um, it, it was the flattening type of, you know, pi- pancakes and power slams on top of the other variation of a pancake, which is like a morning type of theme. Um, oh, but Eugene loves pancakes. Eugene's favorite <laughs> breakfast is pancakes. Have you tried uh, the uh, the Kodiak protein pancakes? No, where's that from? I'm trying. I'm trying to secure a sponsorship deal now with the Kodiak Pancake Company. And if you would try Kodiak Protein Pancakes, and all the listeners, Kodiak Protein Pancakes, I get them at my grocery store. I assume everyone else can too. If not, you can probably order them online. They're the most phenomenal pancake mix, and they make great pancakes. So I thought wow. I'd throw that in. Nice. Uh, thank you for that. Yeah, uh, Kodiak Protein Pancakes. That sounds very fun and uh, muscular. <laughs> Good stuff, Eugene. I really appreciate your time, and um, yeah, man. Uh, I'll uh, the next pancake uh, I I consume, which will probably be a, a Cinestack pancake from IHOP or some Cracker Barrel pancake, which I think is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I'll yep. keep you in mind. All right, brother man. Good talk to you. <laughs> Likewise, Mid- Midwest All Pro Wrestling. Nikki Jean Dinsmore, thank you very much. Have a good night, sir. Thank you, brother. I'm really, <laughs> that was really, really fun that he asked me that question as far as the pancakes are concerned. Um, I've answered that many times on the show, but uh, I think that's the first time that I've actually had, uh, no, I think a couple of times perhaps, that I've had someone. Uh, I'm interviewing Axman that, but uh, yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, the 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 morning theme, and then of course, like I said before, uh, when I've answered that question, um, I changed it from the morning Tuesday morning to Tuesday evening. Uh, numbers were decent on the Tuesday morning, the first one, and then the second one spiked. So <laughs> we've kept it here ever since. So without without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into the show. Introducing. Co-host, he's back. Speaking of uh, Eugene, uh, former, uh, well, he's the nephew, quote unquote, nephew of Eric Bischoff, with a theme song of "I'm Back and Better Than Ever." Speaking, who's back and better than ever? You see how I'm 
kind of swirling all this to go to one final destination, and that is what is all what what is all the all those things have in common, and that is Evan Tech Proud from Under the Mat Radio. How are you tonight, sir? Oh, brother, I'm good. It's been an honor. It's good to be been here. An honor. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, man, it's great to have you back. Yeah, it's so good to be back, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to the headlines. Here we go. So Gunner, 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 Gunner. Um, yeah, he's according to reports, he's a physical away from showing up on NXT. Yeah, man. Can you hear me? I'm sorry, can you hear me? Yep. Okay, I'm sorry about that. I was dealing with my blue cheek. Yeah, uh, we talked earlier in the show. Uh, Gunner and I think Crazy uh, Steve. Um, he's good for him. I actually forgot about, I forgot about Gunner. Um, I know he was good at saying that. I didn't hear from him for a while, but I always liked him. Um, you know, I always thought he was a good talent in the ring. He just, you know, would need, need some exposure and the machine to be after him, somebody to kind of like push him to the next level. But I'm glad he's going to NXT. It helps him out because he can be around a bigger audience, and it also helps NXT out because they need they need new stars. All of the big stars of their stars of yesteryear now on the, the main roster, so they need new people. Oh yeah, totally agree. Um, I think that see the thing is with Gunner, <clears throat> I've interviewed him on my show. Really, really good guy. Um, uh, he, and he's a, a, a lover of the, of Jesus as well. Uh, and, um, you know, the thing is about Gunnar that I like is that uh, his his look, could, they, they can do so much with just his look alone. They can, re- they can make him a, a baby face, a really aggressive baby face like TNA did. They can make him a rugged heel um, like TNA also did at a point in time. Um, there's so many things that they can do with his character uh, that, uh, you know, just really they, they have so many options. And, you know, he's still relatively young, uh, still in his uh, mid-30s. I think he's probably, what, 34, 35, something like that. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's uh, he's in a really good position. And I think that, you know, they can really do some really good things with him. I think it's like, as far as crazy Steve, the 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 character is so see that, that that's that's the one thing about Crazy Steve. They're going to have to do the clown character. Uh, yeah, he'll be thirty five this year, Gunnar will. Um, but the the thing is about Crazy Steve is that he he's he's so one dimensional uh, as far as his character yeah. is concerned that they have to be very careful with that because I don't know how the clown character is going to going to really work in WWE. I mean, we, we they try to be forward with Kazarni and we see what happened with him. Um, right. But yeah, Kazarni or well, Sin Bodhi is his name in the independence, but uh, yeah, it just, it, it bombed. I mean, it was, it was just a, a, a flop and a half, but 
with with Crazy Steve, it, it's the same way to me. I think the K helped right. him so much because when he first came, he was with the Menagerie, and that was still a circus style, uh, you know, uh, uh, faction with Rebel and um, Knox uh, or. Mike Knox or whatever he wants to call his name, um, and, and Crazy Steve. Yeah. So, so it worked with that because that was a circus theme. Uh, I think they had Rob, yeah, they had Rob Terry in, in that faction as well. Yeah, Rob Terry, yeah, yeah. And so it, it worked with that, and it worked with the K. But by himself in NXT, it just yeah. doesn't fit he, right to me. He, yeah, he 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 reminds me of. And, and and I like I like his work. He he reminds me of yeah. those people that, that get supporting actors in movies where they're good actors but they they can't be a lead actor. They need that that lead actor. They need that Denzel yep. or that, that Bruce yep. Willis or that um you know uh, uh, that Mel Gibson or Holly Berry. You mm-hmm. know they're about B minus maybe a D. Not to use a Daniel Bryan reference. And that's what Crazy Steve reminds me of. He's a he's a great character. The whole clown thing is cool, but either he has to be put with a manager that is over the top, which he don't have anymore, or he's gonna have right. to be with another tag team and be with somebody that he can kind of work off of. Yeah, exactly. So, but hey, we never know. Maybe maybe WWE can find find a brand new character. Maybe it'll catch fire. But I think him going to NXT helps him because. That's like the minor leagues, and that gives them a chance to kind of get into it. So, the only thing that I think could help him if he did away with the clown character, but stayed zany and uh, joined uh, Sandy. You know what? That's a good. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he. I think he'd do well. That's a good point. Yeah, um, might as well. I mean, you know, he, he did. They might as well. They might as well just plug him and say Andy, why not? Um, uh, and then you got the, the Regender Mahal. The reason why he received the push, according to the the, the Observer, um, was to Gender juice. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ryback made a, a few comments on uh, his. Yeah, that was pretty yeah. interesting. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the, well, real quick, the reason why I received the push was, according to the Observer, um, India has the number three um, most popular social media um, audience for WWE at this point. Uh, so basically, yeah. to help that, you know, demographic, they basically gave uh, the, him that push. Um, but it's, you know, it's, we'll it's, talk about SmackDown in a little bit, but. Yeah, that's why. I, I, I was, I was, you know, I had some time while I was at work today. I was kind of, kind of was getting a little, um, little snippets of what, uh, read different articles and, and uh, listen to the fans of my show and of your show and read discussion boards what people were saying and you know people were like oh he's Canadian he's not Indian and that's your mind. Said, Wait a minute. Last time I checked, anybody not some of the ten there plays. A foreigner most of the time aren't from the country that they're portraying. Right, at least I'm born Nikita there. Koloff, yeah. Nikita Koloff, Minnesota, and, and, and Barry Dorso is from Minnesota. They were not mm-hmm. Russian. I mean, our good old buddy Uncle Ivan, who you know is a good, uh, good for the short term, 
I knew him personally, a good buddy of mine before he passed, was not Russian. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Iron Sheik was the exception. But I'm like, a lot of Yoko Zuna was that, not Japanese. Yeah, Yoko, thank you. Yoko Zuna was not <laughs> Japanese. Muhammad, yeah, Muhammad Hassan was not, he was Italian. He had an Italian background. He was not a firm. Javari is probably the only, one of the only people who's, you know, who right. is actually Arab. Yeah. Right, uh, yeah. his brother actually, Arab Sheik actually is from Iran. Iran, my, my good buddy Nikolai Volkov still going strong to this day. He is No. So it, it, it's funny. It's like, come on, guys. Like uh, sometimes the IWC try to be so smart. It's like, come on, guys. So what he's from Canada? <laughs> if he has an Indian background or Indian pedigree, let it work. I mean, he has the ginger juice, ginger juice going on. His previously WWE is all about looks and about that muscle physique. Because mm-hmm. just a year or two ago, look at physique. Physically, he's a three-man band. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I'm happy he's getting the push. I'm happy. This is something different. Yeah. Well, as Ryback said, uh, there's exercise can't do that. Is, is basically what he said. So. I wonder yeah. if he but, said the same thing about Triple H and uh, Batista. Uh, I'd imagine he. He's Ryback's definitely not shy to say stuff about Triple H. That's for sure. So. Um. Uh, yeah, he's 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 probably don't he probably don't care, and he's got a bunch of episodes left on his on his show to say some some things about Triple H. He basically was throwing f bombs to Triple H and uh, especially Vince McMahon uh, about like John Cena burying people. So he's definitely not the one who are, who was scared to. To talk about that. Speaking of Vince McMahon, uh, so re- so reports say that he wanted Mauro Ranallo to be more like Michael Cole. After initially agreeing for him to have his own style to make SmackDown Live SmackDown Live different than Raw. So basically, he was drafted to SmackDown just to really make them sound different. So one of the reasons why Tom Phillips um, became that fourth person was indeed to kind of squeeze and to kind of flush uh, Morrow out because Vince didn't like his style. He didn't like the Mamiya. I mean, I I keep telling you, I'm a big fan of Morrow Ronaldo. I liked him from the very beginning. It's, you know, I was sharing uh, a couple weeks yeah. ago when I was interviewing uh, Anderson and Davari. Uh, I mean, I like it. I like the passion. You know, I don't think, why, why would someone, why would Vince bring Tom Phillips because he sounds more like Michael Cole. I mean, it, to me, it just sounds, it's just ridiculous. Are you trying to take the life out of your commentary booth? I mean, if if there's any standard that someone should, you know, commentate like, it should be Jim Ross because he was the one who created the memorable matches. I mean, the thing is about Jim Ross is he saw like he made memorable matches. He made good matches right. memorable. You know what I mean? And that's right. that's the thing is with, with with Jim Ross. When he you know, who can ever forget him calling WrestleMania twenty at Madison Square Garden the triple threat match between Chris Benoit, Shawn Michaels and right. Triple H. I mean Even WrestleMania me, fourteen or 
I didn't see it yet. So much. I didn't. I didn't yeah, I, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward when, to when it. When you watch it, because because I, I me and you both was like late with our schedules of recapping since we were there live. Yeah. When you watch it, you realize like Jim Ross really helped that match because if, if, if it was just Cole and Jibble and, and or or, or uh, Byron Saxton or any call, and I like Corey Graves. But Corey Graves, nah, that day done. Tim Ross, yeah, that match out. Just his voice that's alone. Exactly, and that's exactly what I'm saying. I mean, it, they, uh, Michael Cole commentating that match would not, by any stretch of the imagination, gave it justice. I mean, like, not not any stretch of the imagination. And I think with Jim Ross being there, and I'm excited. I mean, you know, I saw it live, so of course there wasn't any commentary. I've I've watched up to right now. I'm at uh, the women's match, the uh, SmackDown women's match. So I'm, I'm okay. See you right now. I'm, right, I'm next to you know that's the next to last match. So uh, so yeah, I mean it's and and I'm really excited about hearing that uh, just because he just brings he he just brings an entirely new layer to matches. That Cole can't touch. I mean, it just it, he just really can't. Because when I'm looking, when I'm thinking about Cole, when I'm hearing Michael Cole, it's like it just feels like a regular match. You know, like when people come out and you know when uh, Goldberg or there's you know uh, debuts or returns. You know, it's just that oh my, you know, and it's. Yeah, it's it's not very exciting, but when of course when Jr. does it, you know it's so cool. <clears throat> you know, and it, it, it's 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 awesome, and I and I feel it. I feel the passion. It makes me right. more excited. It makes right. me more energetic. But you know, I don't. I think that Mauro Ronaldo had the ability to do that with the passion that he brought to right. uh, to you know to, to the commentating <laughs> group. So. Yeah, and, Tom Phillips. And, and it's funny. Yeah. I, I like Tom Phillips, and it's funny because we. I just have uh, uh, Rich Brennan on my show, who, who Marvel, who they actually let go because Marvel replaced him. And um, Rich Brennan talked about how you know how Marvel was so dead. Sometimes he can seem like he's a little eccentric. And I know for me, I got, I never knew Marvel. I I, I remember Marvel. I think he did some stuff on WWE Network first, if I'm correct, before they, because if you remember when WWE Network, before they, before they had the network when he was on the, 20, the WWE Classics 24, mm-hmm. if I'm right, Marvel was the one that was doing that whole draft. Remember WWE had that them, every year, we doing the um, NFL draft, they would do like the WWE draft mm-hmm. or the bracket. That's when I first saw Marvel. And, um, I didn't really watch the SmackDown then, and I recently saw him commentating. I didn't know his name, but the way he commentated, he said, oh, hit scissor, oh, body slam. 
and, and my buddy Antonio, but laughed, like, why is he talking like that? And we would just crank up. But we liked it because it drew us in. It's just the passion mm-hmm. he's saying, I'm saying it. Mama Mia, you know, all right, there. It's, you know, it's, it's just the way he says it. It's, it's just the, uh, I don't know, it's just the scissor cake or, you know, you know it's um, the dirty deeds. The way he would say so, we would just laugh hilariously, like, this dude is mm-hmm. funny, but you could tell he had passion and it was unique. It was, it was, and I've it seen it cold. before. I've seen it before. Like, right. I've seen, I've seen, like, you know, when they have the, the shots in the ring, I can see the uh, announcers, and I'll see Mauro Ronaldo standing up. You know what I mean? Like, he's so into the match that he's standing up and calling it. You know, and it's like that's the type of stuff that I'll love to see. Like, you are in the match. You are marking out. You're calling this, this match as a mark, you know, because you love the sport so much. It just isn't a you know, nine to five, clock in, clock out type of job to you. You know, it's just like I said before, a couple of weeks ago, it's, it's not just another city or another uh, uh, venue or arena. It's just not that. Like, you get excited. You you get to, like, it's like you're watching. And JR always says this. He's still a mark. You know, he, he commentates because he's such a fan of the business. And basically, he's doing what he loved. You know, he's basically watching a TV and calling it as he's watching it, and he's because he's so passionate about the business. And I can see that with Morrow, Tom Phillips. I like him on NXT. Not a big fan on the main stage, um, and it's just I, I, I like. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not opposed to Tom. I think. I think Tom is definitely growing uh, as far as. You know, just a commentator. He's not bad at all. I don't think he's bad at all. I just, I'm looking for that element of just passion with someone. And I can't think of many announcers that are out there, just not not color commentator, but just play-by-play. I can't think of any play-by-play announcers who are out there right now. Um, you know, of course, you have like Mike Goldberg uh, from UFC, right. but... You know he's 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 Goldberg's good. Um, you know we need, you know we need, we need to bring the good old Tony Schiavone. So good old Tony Schiavone. <laughs> he's the one. Uh, I know. I know Tom, I, I, yeah, I know. I mean, he, 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 you know, Tony was great. Uh, t- uh, I like Tanae. Uh, Jesse Ventura was great. I even say this for the heck of it, Heyman. Even though Heyman was more color. Yeah, he's color though. Yeah. Uh, and and this is Vince. You know, Vince was Vince was great as a con. I mean, Vince was a great commentator. People forget how great Vince was. The overall oh, yeah. and the table views is uh, even if you watch the table. I was watching the table for three last night with with Michaels and uh, um, uh, AJ Nash. and um, Nash, mm-hmm. and they were showing the good friend better enemies, and you're like, ah, oh, no, I was die. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's right, y'all. Right, uh, there's also the Vince, Vince Coast. The, the Jack Knight, not even through the, the announce table that we know. I mean, we just a regular church table. It was a come on. That's not every offer. That's not every offer. That's not every offer. What I love about <laughs> two, two, two of the biggest things I love about Vince's commentary uh, was, oh man, I tell you what, every time I, I, I would just. I would just be so just out of my mind, surreal, excited. Every time, like, a Survivor Series would come on, 
Like yeah, every time, yeah, yeah. Welcome everyone. Like he kept saying that. Yeah. Which was exactly. so funny. And it's like he would kept saying he would keep saying welcome everyone. Uh, you know, to the capacity crowd. Uh, welcome everyone to yeah, Los Angeles, California. Welcome everyone to the yeah, capacity. Uh, like and I always say, yeah, I always say, and and and, and uh, it's funny because my correspondent Tofi and a lot of um a lot of our listeners always want me asking you events. Everyone I hear, every time I hear Survivor Series at Rumble, I think of. Gigi Oakland doing the voiceover with that music. Yeah, that's a vibe, I'm sorry. That's a vibe, I'm sorry. As a kid, just hearing that, and, and even the old Monday night, well, I'm not that guy. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and that's, that's how you hear it. You just like, you know, yep. Nitro was like, oh, yeah, Bischoff, or whatever it was, Bischoff, or Mondo, or Keenan, yeah, or Shimani, or Tanae. So this go be you know, Nitro came on different, it was so funny. But yeah. Barrow was ah the old ah the silence it was his voice is commanding. Yeah. But um, it is. The second I, thing real quick, I, the second thing I liked about Vince was uh he did the best two count cliffhangers. He was like, one, two, and no, no, no. Like they wouldn't even, wouldn't even kick out on that too. <laughs> I love that he used to do that, man. He used to make the two count so suspenseful. Yeah, it's yeah. you know the uh, and it's something we're probably talk about um, next week on the show. Another segment is favorite Vincent Man quotes. What is moment yeah. you think of Vincent Man commentating? Is just and I have weird ones. I know everybody is going to think some of the, the, the uh, uh, some some of the traditional. Close to the commentary, but I just had some that always used to laugh at Vince. And this, this Vince and Mr. Perfect figure was Vince and Savage, and Vince and, um, you know, Vince Savage and Jim Ross. This was great times. Even, even through the bad years, 94, 95. Yeah, yeah. Man, Vince Thomas. <laughs> what about Yeah, go ahead. What was, what was your quote? So, I'll watch that. Uh, the, the, the Vince, the, the, the fake Vince laugh. <laughs> you know, he's, he's the Vincent man fake laugh. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's hilarious. I remember he was in the, uh, at the corporation. <laughs> he, was, he was like, life sucks and then you die. <laughs> Sasha Banks is in the doghouse. Um, 
I wrote a piece on that, and he was basically just saying just the, the losing streak that she's on. She's not getting the push that uh, she did last year. She said she, uh, basically Vince uh, Russo says that uh, uh, he he believes that she took somebody off. And he said, I guarantee it that he's in a, that she's in a doghouse. So that's uh, pretty pretty bold claim there, Mister Vinny Rue. Uh, but here's the thing, though. Um, she hasn't been getting pushed, and she has she has been kind of at a standstill. I mean, there's been you know reports that that she um, was supposed to turn heel um, before Mania, and then her other reports saying after Mania just goes to show the inconsistency um, of just you know just people being theoretical. I mean, I guess that's a part of the sheets. Uh, it's not true. It's just speculation. Um, most of it, at least. So, but I mean, she's still a baby face, but she's still kind of. Uh, I think Vince was saying that she's like she's like fourth down on the totem pole now, and that's really about true. I mean, because if you think about Raw, they have the champion, which is um, uh, the the champ is Bailey, and then you have the number one contender uh, for this weekend, which is a. Uh, um, Alexa Bliss, we have to do the predictions as well. Uh, then you have Nia Jax, and then mm-hmm. fourth, which is Sasha Banks. So, and then I say below her is probably you have your Emma, your Dana, uh, Brooke. So yeah, it makes about makes sense about fourth down the tone pole. That's pretty pretty surprising. It 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 could be that you know for with brother bro. Um, says he is a good point. Sasha Banks could be in a doghouse, or or it could be the fact that we we're dealing with the superstar turnaround or shake yeah. up or draft, what are you going to call it? And Sasha Banks is already there. She has a fan base. You know, we we right. know her. She's multiple champs. So I think also if you maybe look at it, she's at the level where she doesn't really need to be in the hunt for the belt. Almost will be one or two. She could still be the third or the fourth. We should know our man Sting. You know, when Hogan the Savage came in, and that man, our man was fighting Avalanche and, and the Butcher. Oh, and, gosh. And, and a life song match with the Guardian yeah. Angel and, and Big Bubba, who does become Big Bubba. So it is, I mean, can't compare Sting and Sasha Banks, but. Never. I don't think it's necessary for her to be up top. After a while, I mean, I even heard some rumors of people saying they got kind of tired of Sasha Banks. I mean, her hair keeps changing different yep. scents and shades of red. Her hair started mm. getting red, and it's purple, and it's fuchsia. Right. And, like, she really don't need to be in the spotlight. You got Alexa Bliss, who a lot of sources told me they really don't like each other. Shoot. But you got Alexa Bliss. You got Mickey James, who is in WWE terms a legend, but you got to bring her in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like you got to, you got to, like they say, shake things up again. Uh, Sasha Banks is at a point now where she could, she could be having, you know, downloadable matches, matches that don't make sense, but you easily could plug her back into the main event spot, and she'll be fine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't think she's too far gone. Um, it's just that uh, you know, it's time for somebody different now. Um, just like you know, we'll talk about Raw and SmackDown. Looks like uh, Charlotte's hitting 
a different route as well. That's interesting how they're doing that. So, and then uh, lastly, with the headlines, uh, we're, to- we're, we're we talked about uh, uh, table for three. So Shawn Michaels uh, comments on why he won't return to the ring. I was actually writing a piece on that tonight, um, and uh, I'll finish it up here uh, probably tomorrow. Um, but yeah, it, it basically he was just saying, you know, on table for three, he was he was telling uh, basically the viewers, and he was you know talking to AJ Styles. AJ Styles asked him the question, and he uh, went on to explain to him, you know, why he <laughs> doesn't feel. Um, like it's the best idea uh, to to really uh, come back. I mean, he, he was basically saying it doesn't make sense from a storyline standpoint because he went out on top without anybody saying that you got to go. It's time to wrap it up. Um, his his career didn't drag on too long. He's 51 now. He stopped in, what, 26? That was seven years ago, so it was, what, 44? I mean, <laughs> I mean well, you... What can you say about that? So, um, forty-four years old, retiring—that's that's a big deal. And uh, retiring on yes. top, uh, and, you know, after over twenty years in the business, and well, nearly twenty-five years in the business, and uh, you know, forty-four is you know, a very good age to retire. And for the past seven years, I mean, with the with the exception of some you know guest referee spots and. Uh, that one spot that uh, last year, you know, when he came out, well, two years ago, he came out with uh, Austin. Well, it was last year. It was 32 when New Bay lost against the uh, League of Nations. And then him, Austin, and Foley came out. So he kinda, he had some interaction at that time. Uh, but, I mean, as far as the wrestling, I mean, he's one of the only. I can't think of another person unless they're forced to because of injury. I can't think of another person who's actually stayed out with their retirement. Like my, like I said, I say what you want about Nash, and um, you know, I'm a, I, I got to meet Nash a few times. Nash is a cool guy. Um, I, you know, I thought I thought Nash was getting a ring for you know his size, and I always love Michaels and always love AJ. Um, Michaels is right. Is and I, I and I don't know about you, but I kind of felt a little let down through that table of three because I felt like it was so much more he could have covered. Um, yeah. You know, Nash didn't really talk much. Nash is always hilarious. I love Nash's sense of humor. And my, you know, it's just I guess you just can't. There's so much you can talk about with them three. Yeah. But uh, what Michael said is, and that one limit those things like twenty minutes too. Right, it, it's uh, it, when when I had Sully Blanchard on, and and he didn't say this jokingly, but we did end up laughing. I asked him, say, we did the table for three with the Horsemen with Arn and uh, Flair. So this is the first time they sat together in, in uh, I don't know, fifteen years or something. Mm-hmm. I said, was any of that edited? He said, well, he said it was uh, on the network for thirty minutes, and we sat down for thirty-one. Well, <laughs> 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 I was this one of my favorite all time on. My career in radio, it was just like you didn't record it for thirty minutes, so we sat down for thirty months. But, uh, that was funny. But um, it, it, what Michael said is right. Is yep. When he when he explained it, it made sense. He he went out on top. You know, he he went against Taker. He he told the story of 
I started with the glass breaking with with Janetti. Mm-hmm. And then it's like I went out when and I told and I'm 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 gonna go back and watch that match, uh probably tonight or tomorrow. I forgot how he slapped Taker and how he like made Taker crawling up him. And, yeah, he was crawling up and slapped him, yeah. The slapping yep. and how Taker, you know, the story of how Taker had to jump very few times. He actually jumped and did yep. a jumping tombstone to end it. And like Master said, I'm retired, that's it, I'm done. You're not gonna be a savage, you know, I love savage, you're not gonna be a flair, you're not gonna be a Hogan or Charlie Funk or mm-hmm. anybody else that retired and come back and retire and come back and shed tears and sniff and snot and come back. And, and Michael can still go. And, and, and one thing I love, the, I love what Michael said is just because you can still do it doesn't mean you have to. Right. You know, if, if you can't go out on top when it's on your own. And I never understood that being a former athlete. And I never understood it because me, it's like, why would you go out on top? Like, I would want to win another ring or whatever championship. But it makes sense. You know, Peyton Manning did it. You know, Ray Lewis did it. Um, uh, you know, any anybody in sports lore, Gretzky, I think Gretzky did it. You know, you win your champ, Jerome Bennis, you win your championship or wrestling, you have your big match in Mania, and you go. You don't want to be, and, and like Michael said, it makes sense. What, what, would it, what would it profit me to come back to face you, AJ, because if I lose, oh, you know, it's like at the end of the day, like how is it going to create my legacy? I ended my legacy right. to take her. So what's the yeah. point of me coming back? So not to take it there, I didn't mean, take it that much time. I really loved when my school was broken down. And, you know, with AJ and Brandy and Ash saying, yeah, that, that makes sense. I, I, man, I tell you, I, I 100% agree. I, I agree with everything that Michael said. It makes perfect sense. Because here's the thing. If AJ Styles, I mean, he was, he was said that he said this, basically, if AJ Styles beats Shawn Michaels, then what? I mean, what what does it do? I mean, like, yeah, I beat Shawn Michaels at Mania. Okay, <laughs> he's not coming back. You know, fans know enough to you know to understand that there's a really good chance that Shawn Michaels is going to return. He's going to put AJ Styles over. So there's no surprise element in it if he does lose because he's expected to lose because he's the legend putting the main roster guy over. So there's no benefit at all for Shawn Michaels to come back just to have a a match to tickle people's fancies against AJ Styles, and there's no end game to it. There's zero end game. I mean, and it's like you come back for one time, you go against – AJ Styles, you tear the house down, but still at the end of the day, it really didn't help either either person because yeah, you right, beat exactly. Shawn Michaels, but okay, <laughs> so that doesn't that doesn't propel you to main event status because you're already a main eventer. So AJ doesn't need Shawn Michaels to put himself over because he's already over. So. Usually those legendary people, you know, like, for instance, Roman Reigns didn't necessarily need Taker to put him over, but Taker is so, uh, he he has so much stock in his character that he took Roman Reigns to a whole other level that nobody else 
Yeah, I mean, Brock Lesnar being him, but he was a part-timer and legendary already. No other person has ever been on the level as far as a part-time, you know, main roster, full-time, I mean, as far as a full-time main roster guy, no one has ever done what Roman Reigns did. <clears throat> no one ever. No full-time wrestler has ever defeated Undertaker at WrestleMania. So he's on a different level. <clears throat> but with Michaels and AJ... I mean, it really, it really wouldn't have done much. I mean, AJ, AJ beat Shawn Michaels in a great match. Michaels goes away, and instead of instead of me thinking about his last match, in a retirement match, one of the best matches of all time against Taker, who's now retired. So it just means you know even more. At my last match that people are going to think about is. Against AJ Styles, so I'm not, I wasn't a big fan of it. Yeah, uh, um, <clears throat> yeah, with you, and, and, and like my instructor said, if I could have just got a hold of you, you know, earlier, yeah. like, years and, ago, yeah. it's, it's the same thing. You know, Flair always says he's always told Triple H, is like, if I could have just got a hold of you and wrestled you ten years prior to Evolution. Yep. Which, I mean, honestly, I have to say, I, I really don't think that match will be all that great. I, that's just my opinion. I mean, nothing against Triple H. I mean, get a seat in the game, and, and I always enjoy Flair work. I just, but, I mean, I, just, I just don't think they just messed it. I just don't think they would have had good chemistry wrestling a straight-off match. I mean, Flair and Rude, two of the greats, didn't have the best chemistry together. <laughs> so, um, <Yeah. laughs> but anyway, I... Yeah, I, I, I agree with what Michael says. Yeah, absolutely. You know, take his gun, and, you know, we, we, you know, people lamented and cried and sniffed and snot, or we just, we, you know, under me and you, bro, we didn't cry, but we felt that gut punch. And, uh, you know, I, I felt felt the same for Michael's. I think my, Michael's and take it oh, yeah. to that when it was over, I was like, dang, man, that's, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. Oh, it, uh, yeah. I mean, Sting isn't done yet. I'm not cleaning that. Uh, let it go, brother. Let it go. <clears throat> and, it, and this is coming. Right <laughs> you got to go out on top. Not, 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 coming, not get his, not, yeah, not, not get his get neck, neck hurt by Yeah. You got to yeah. go out on top. Have him face Cena. Have him face the Rocket Media. No, have him face something. Gotta let it go, man. Have him face Strowman. And this is coming from the, the biggest thing mark of them all. Uh, yeah, and and I'll say I'll eat crow here on the show. Well, I, you know, me and you being the biggest thing, marks. Yeah. I have to say officially, and I've been holding on to faith since 2002. Been yeah. Holding on to this to, to this day for for what now? 14, 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess um, we won't get to see Sting and Taker. No, we're definitely not going to see that. I certainly don't want Taker to come back, that's for sure, after what we saw at Mania. Um if he come back I would be upset. I mean I think he I think he deserves to get booed if he comes back. Because <laughs> that was such a good send off. You you can't beat a send off like that. You just you just really can't. Like you said, you know, with Shawn Michaels, um I really think like see the funny part about that was <clears throat> I'm a I'm a, see here I'm the type of dude that didn't want Taker Street to end ever, but oh, the, the funny thing about that is, 
a, a part of me, a, a big part of me, actually wanted Michaels to beat Taker at 26 because uh, I didn't want Michaels to go. I know it was, I knew it was about that time. You know, he his hair was receding even more, and you know he was just ready to go. I understand that, but Michaels was such the man. You know, he was such a good performer. It's such amazing to see him in the ring. He's really one of a kind. I didn't want to see him go, you know, but uh, it was a great send-off because, you know, he hasn't came back. And I think, you know, Taker's going to be the same way. So, all right, Raw and SmackDown. Uh, Raw and SmackDown with you coming up. Fans of the show ask uh, if I could uh, review, do I do a uh, basically a uh, match by match review of Raw and SmackDown, just in case they missed it. Um, I, well, I used to do that uh, on my show every week, but because uh, there's so much to talk um, about, especially with the headlines, yeah. um, I, I don't anymore. It's just basically just a short rundown, but this is what I'll do. For my fans of the show, um, I will um, do the, um, uh, the, the the raw uh, results and the SmackDown results as well. So with the highlight reel, Chris Jericho interrupted by The Miz, turns into Miz TV, interrupted by Dean Ambrose. Then you had Matt Hardy defeating Sheamus. Austin Aries and Jack Gallagher defeating uh, TJ Perkins and Neville. Kalisto defeating Braun Strowman in a dumpster match. Um, Dana Brooke would Strowman destroys Kalisto post match and then dumps him in a dumpster and pushes off the stage. Dana Brooke defeating Alicia Fox. Stage. Yeah, it was kind of like a little uh, lift, <laughs> a, 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 a little hop, <laughs> a little step. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, you had Dana Brooke defeating Alicia Fox. Emma coming out and hugging Brooke. Um. Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Big Cass, and Gallows and Anderson, defeating Gallows and Anderson and Samoa Joe. Then uh, Alexa Bliss had an in-ring promo, interrupted by Bailey. Then Sasha Banks, Sasha Banks defeats uh, Alexa Bliss by countout. Apollo Crews uh, makes his Raw debut against uh, defeating Curtis Hawkins, and then uh, the main event was uh, <laughs> Chris Jericho and Dean Ambrose uh, going to a no contest with Miz and. The mystery partner, which was Bray Wyatt. Uh, Wyatt appears at the end of the match and then texts out Ambrose and Jericho. Miz uh, places his hand on his shoulder, thinking they're celebrating together, and he also gets his sister Abigail. Real quick with SmackDown, Shinsuke Nakamura has an interim promo interrupted by Dolph Ziggler. That went forever. Um, Ziggler kicks Nakamura. Nakamura gets puts him in the uh, reverse exploder. And um, then 
Ziggler rolls out and does, and then uh, Shinsuke Nakamura does his opponent. Come on! <laughs> I love what it does. <laughs> uh, uh, then you have Styles defeating uh, Corbin. Um, KO and KO comes out. Well, he was in the announcer's booth. He attacks AJ. Zane comes out, tries to make the save, but he doesn't. Uh, that doesn't go too far. Uh, American Alpha, American Alpha beats the Colognes and beats the Clock Challenge, and then um, uh, Orton and Eric uh, defeated Eric Rowan. Uh, that was long. That was a pretty good match, though. Uh, and then Jinder Mahal comes out and uh, talks to Orton. Singh brothers come out um, and uh, help Orton. Or will they help uh, Jinder Mahal? Um, best Orton. Brizongo they defeat the Ascension. Um, and but it came back. Um, yeah, they 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 defeat the Ascension, and now they're the number one contenders for the tag team titles. Um, and then at the end uh, it was Naomi versus Charlotte. That was a no contest. It was a good match, actually. That was a no contest because um, Natalia, Tamina, Carmella, they jumped both of them. So it looks like a baby face turn coming for Charlotte. And we may have a heel turn coming from Becky Lynch because she still didn't come out. She interviewed, and then the three uh, uh, women that jumped, Naomi and Charlotte, um, they basically, uh, you know, said, "Are you with this or against this type of thing?" Um, still no Becky Lynch. So if Becky does turn and Charlotte turns, there'll be four heels to two faces. So yeah, that wouldn't make sure. any sense to me. Um, but, you know, I like Becky. I think she should stay baby face, but her turning heel wouldn't, I guess, wouldn't be too terrible. Maybe she can turn heel for a little bit to pretend that she's with the the other three and possibly even an out or something like that. That could possibly happen. But these these factions of three, you know, they, they made a mistake doing that with the Divas Revolution, so looks like they're having Italia, Carmella, and Tamina, and Ellsworth as uh, some type of faction. Oh, it gosh. Just, yeah. It sense. Yeah. So what's your, what's your Raw and SmackDown uh, takeaways? Uh, if you really want me to do a takeaway for Raw, it'll be the last half an hour because I didn't get in for work too late. You know, seeing my mom. But um, now, it, Raw was okay for when I saw it. You have a dumpster match, and, and the dumpster is falls off like a little step, a little left. It's like, okay, like, if, if, you, if you actually had the raw set from Attitude Era, it made sense. When, you know, New Age Outlaw did it with Terry Funk. Well, spoiler alert, Terry Funk was Chainsaw Charlie for Mankind. That made sense. Yeah. But it's falling off a little left. Like, the, the, the dumpster didn't even slip over. Just kind of this doof. But, um, <laughs> yeah. it is, yeah, raw, it, 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 this is okay. It just, uh, I, I love I love what the Miz does. I don't know about you. Angle looks kind of weird as the GM. Angle walks like an old church deacon, but that's because he does. Back. He's got like the top, yeah. you know, like the back angle type of walk to him. <laughs> yeah, it's because of his neck, yeah. man. 
Yeah. Yeah, and he's really, he's really. He's smart. Has he lost inches over the years? Oh, okay. Remember, I, I, I you remember, you remember Featherstone. <clears throat> I, I mentioned this to you, I think last year. So when I first started doing the show, I mentioned to people, guys, my man Kurt Angle has lost weight, and you really don't realize it. I realize because I, I've, I've interviewed him in person. I've met him a few times at shows. If you look at Angle when he was Angle in WWE when he was on his when he was in I'm I'm sorry I was about to say period I apologize when he was in his prime look at Angle how buff Angle was O T O three look at Angle with his TNA run you see how smaller he got because he wasn't on the painkillers he wasn't not really juicing but he wasn't on a little pills he got mm. incredibly leaner. Now you really get to see it, the fact that he hasn't been wrestling as much, he's still working out, and now that he's around the big people, the WWE, now you really see how small Angle is now. And it's not well, I'm thinking Angle like really his matches is. with Taker, Kane, Lesnar, Right, think about those, show. right. He, didn't, he still didn't seem as as small, small. as he was. Because, because remember, like everybody's think, taller than he was. Like, he was the same height as Maurice. Yeah. You you got you got to look at that. It's you, you really and, and you know you know about working out, missing weights, and I work out too. With Angle being Angle's not really a tall guy. With Angle being so wide and so not Jack being so fit, it creates an illusion. Yeah, it creates an illusion where he's not. He wasn't. You know, he was. It was like Bret Hart. Bret Hart and Michaels aren't really the tallest people, especially Bret. But he right. had solid builds. So. Even though he wasn't the tallest guy, he wasn't the shortest. It says Angle went to TNA. I'm sorry, Impact Anthem, Anthem Impact, the Owl. Um, only known as TNA. Yeah, O W O W L. Angle Yeah, for life. <laughs> Angle lost weight. He, he got leaner. He didn't really have to carry as much muscle mass. So he and I actually enjoyed his work in TNA. But now, like you said, with him being around. The Giants, he's on Raw, he got Strowman, and he even looks smaller than, than Seth Rollins. Yes. <laughs> it's like, that's what I'm like. So, uh, you know, I he think it's He kept being next to people, and I was like, okay, so he has to be taller than Zane. And Zane was, he was dwarfing, you know, he, Zane was towering over him, and I was like, okay, come on, he has to be taller than Nia Jax and Maurice and he was like looking face to face to Maurice I'm like what is going on like Miz is deceptively tall so I wasn't necessarily expecting him to be bigger or taller than Miz isn't really a small guy right but the Miz was like he was like towering over him I'm like no, there's no way that I was. I was just every type, every single person that went next to Angle, every time he went, in, uh, they went in the office. I was like, man, he is like when he was when Jinder Mahal was still on Raw. Man, it's like he, it's like he was looking up completely to Jinder Mahal. Yeah. Jinder Mahal, he's tall. He's deceptively tall too. He's about six four, solid six four, but. You know, I'm six one, and I wouldn't be looking to you know uh, Mahal. I wouldn't be looking up to him. You know, what I mean, like there, there's only a three inch, but a three inch difference. 
So there's he's taller than me, but if we stood at the face to face, it wouldn't look you know too uneven. But with Angle though, I mean he's built as six foot. <laughs> but I'm like, <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> I don't think he's six foot. I mean he can still take anybody out in that locker room, but you know <laughs> he he may be a he may be a like a five nine five ten at this point. He may have been six foot. Man, that's five nine. Yeah, I'm on 5'9", so... 5'9", yeah. Yeah, you're about a 5'9", yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, very interesting stuff. Um, I couldn't stand the the end of it, though, with with Bray Wyatt. I just... It it, it made me so upset Uh, when... (laughs) Why why would you have... Okay, so so the mystery partner is Bray Wyatt. Okay, I I understand that. I'm not... I wasn't like terribly upset about that. But first of all, I made Jericho look weak twice in a row because he lost cleanly by tap out last week and then he gets his sister Abigail this week. On his he's he's on his back two weeks in a row. And but for some reason he's supposed to he you know he's the number one contender for the US title on Sunday, but he's on his back two weeks in a row against two different people. How in the world and not one of those people are Kevin Owens. How in the world are am I going to am I supposed to, you know, think that Chris Jericho is building any steam to win the title? I mean, just this is so convoluted. This whole superstar shakeup around this time is so stupid, so convoluted, because you have Jericho on his back twice in a row, and then if he loses on Sunday, which we're about to get to the. Uh, Predictions real quick If he loses on Sunday That makes him look even worse Because he keeps losing And it doesn't help the prestige of the U.S. title Because you're, you, Challenger's supposed Even a challenger's supposed to lift up the, the prestige of the championship So I think that that was so stupid And then you take the heat off of Bray Because he was getting booed You take the heat off of Bray By ha- have him sister Abigail One of the biggest heels on the roster that was so stupid to me. I was just Where was like, that? Oh. I missed that. I watched Raw. Maybe I'll turn it off. It was at the end. When, when, when Miz celebrated oh, with right. Him, That's right. He That's put right. him in his sister Abigail. I'm like, what are you doing? I just, oh, it was, it was, I, Miz, he sort of slid out of the ring and because Bray was legitimately getting booed after he did that to Jericho. And uh, well, he did Ambrose uh, of the ramp, and then Jericho in the ring, and he was getting booed. And then they just totally, just they just totally ruined it. They just totally pooped on it and said, "Okay, well, let's just make Bray look better." But it made him look worse because you want to make him a heel, and he ended being ended up being cheered at the end for, rightfully so. Giving the biggest heel, one of the biggest heels on the main roster, a sister Abigail. Of course, you're going to get cheered. I mean, simple arithmetic here. I mean, ugh, just you know what? For 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 that, uh, from that, this is what the writers. Dummy, dummy, yeah, yeah. One more. Dummy, dummy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's that's that's the writers for you. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's it's sad, man. It's, it's funny because I, I what did I text you? Uh, what did I what did I text you at the end of Raw? 
for like thirty questions, thirty question marks. I'm like, I'm like, what? What? You had payback, which is a great movie about with Mel Gibson, by the way. Please check it out, payback. Mel Gibson, payback this Sunday. It is you have this this sheep, super style shake up slash draft slash we don't know what else to do we're confused yeah and you have you have these guys who go to Raw or SmackDown and yet they're still continuing feuds that we had pre from the previous shake up and now you also got matches from Raw and SmackDown happening on Payback <laughs> so now yeah. it's kind of like a, a cross brand. Just, Cross <laughs> brand show, which you guys yeah. didn't promote at all. But exactly. now you have guys who are on Raw, still who are on Raw now, still carrying on that feud from SmackDown and vice versa. What's, what is Bray Wyatt? What's going on with him? And you, you have, which, which I really love what the Miz is doing now. I like Jericho. Dean Ambrose is there. I'm sorry. He just looks dirty, like a dirty biker. I can't take a bath in weeks. And, right. and, 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 and not only that, they, they, they cry in. I didn't see the first. I didn't. I only saw the last third of Raw. I didn't see the, the first two. I didn't see the, the first two thirds of Raw. But to me, uh, coming getting in the house watching, it seemed like the crowd was so dead. And it's like, you know, you got the Miz. I love what the Miz does. I love what Jericho does. I don't hate Ambrose. But he's just like this, just Man. going through the motions. Maybe not Miz. You have no heat. Nobody cares. And then Brady shows up on top. Of an announce table. Why are you here, Bray? Now, just remember, two weeks ago you downloaded and popped up to encrypt the message to Finn Balor. So, like, okay, you're going up to Finn Balor for what? We don't know because you're Bray Wyatt. You just randomly attack people we have nothing to do. So you show up on SmackDown Attack and Orton. Now you show up being a Miz tag partner, which we still don't know why you're even tagging with the Miz. You do a bad sister Abigail on Indian Ambrose, which is just so whack. You attack Jericho, and you attack the Miz. So within a week, two, within two weeks, you've attacked the good five, six superstars. For what? Yeah. No, no one. No <laughs> give me. I didn't get a chance to watch SmackDown at all uh, because I was on air doing my show and other things. But this raw is so confusing, and I always tell people if WWE's tape reviews are bad. It, it gives us something to talk about and we can laugh. It gives us comedic material. And if it's yeah. good, it gives us something to talk about either way because of how great payback is. And yeah, this show is confusing. Yeah. yeah, it was definitely very, very confusing. All right, real quick, flavor of the week. It is now time for the flavor of the week. Um. With the predictions, uh, but real quick, just five people I thought uh, would have been good at WrestleMania opponents for Shawn Michaels. Number five, uh, I thought Finn Balor would, uh, just because of his entrance. And I think uh, it would have been interesting to see because he's small. He's small too. Um, but yeah, it would have been interesting to see him and Michaels as far as how their dynamic is. Number four, Seth Rollins. I think they would tear the house down. Shawn Michaels actually said he wants uh, to fight Samoa Joe. Uh, he would have if he was still around. Uh, number two, AJ Styles, of course. And number one, I'll put Braun Strowman because I like the David and Goliath feel. And Michaels always, you know, was, was a good person for that. I mean, you know, Taker, Kane, 
um, uh, Vader, Nash. You know, he he's he's always been that guy who had that you know good David and Goliath type of feel to it. All right, let's get to the predictions, ladies and gentlemen. Let's start off with the pre-show. Enzo and Cass, how you doing against Gallows and Anderson for the 469th time? What do you have? Uh, Gallows and Anderson. I think they should win. Uh, Enzo and Cass will probably win. This for the titles. I'm oh, sorry, they don't have the titles. I forgot that. No, there's no um, title. Uh, I say this. Enzo and Cass will win, but I want Gallows and Anderson to win. Because Enzo and Cass to me is just... I, I like Enzo and Cass, but... Uh, you know, after they put the mic down, it's like, okay, I don't care anymore. I got Enzo and Cash because Gallison Anderson won um, like a week or two ago um, on Raw, so I'm cool with it. I like I like Enzo and Cash. Uh, you know, Enzo's not a he's not a good worker. I mean, he's good on the mic. He's not a good worker. Uh, Cash is money to me. Um, I think he's good. I think he's getting much better on the mic, and he's a good worker. So. All right, uh, Bailey and Alexa Bliss for the Raw, Raw Women's Championship. What do you got? Uh, Bailey. Hmm, I, I agree. I think I think they're trying to build this Bailey and Nia Jax match. So and maybe eventually, maybe you know what? We may get Bailey and Nia at SummerSlam. Uh, the the next few may be May uh, Bailey and, uh, and uh, Sasha Banks. We may get a Sasha turn at uh, the payback. So watch out for that. Rollins and Joe. Joe. Yeah. You guys gotta have Joe win. You you, you gotta. They're, they're gonna be feeding for the next couple months anyway. Give, give yeah. Joe the win. I agree. Yeah, I think I think Joe wins it for Rollins to have more of a chase type of feel. Neville and Aries for the Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, um, Neville again. Keep, keep Aries. Um, keep Neville in the Hill Champion and uh, keep Aries chasing it. Uh, I don't. I think Aries wins since he lost since he lost clean at uh, at um, WrestleMania. I think he lose clean twice. Even if he loses 30, I think losing twice, two pay-per-views in a row, doesn't really elicit another rematch. Uh, who do you got with, do you got with uh, Hardys against Cesaro and Sheamus? Hardys, of course. The Hardys got the titles. Keep that merchandise rolling. Exactly, yeah. I think so, too. The House of Horrors match, man. Between the Worlds and Randy Orton. For the WWE Championship. Who's going to win? Yes, McMahon. Vince McMahon is going to win. Let's say that's the match you want. match. <laughs> that's not going to be over. Nah. Orton won. And Green's not getting that title. He's going to go yeah. back. He's going to go to Raw. Uh, Born Orton is going to win. What do you do, Orton? Nothing. But just walk to the yeah. ring slow, wear hoodies, and do the same three moves. Yeah, they're going to set up him. Uh, they already set up him and Mahal. I might as well just... I mean, they spoiled that match, of course. Ginger Juice. Owens and Jericho, U.S. Championship. I'm sorry, I really don't care about this match, but uh, Jericho's going to lose. 
Owens, uh, Owens is still getting rush chant. Yeah. Owens is, uh, Owens is their champion. Uh, Jericho is going to lose and ride off with Fozzie. Uh, I love the friends of Jericho. I think this has been a, one of Jericho's best runs, I'd say. Around for all these years, and still the best. All right, last but not least, Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns. Is this the main event? Um, they're looking to this may be the main event. It's like either this or uh, Orton Wyatt House of Horrors. Um. So you, you got you got to meet event Reigns and Strowman. Sad to say, Reigns is going to win because he's going to have to get. I think Reigns should win, um, but I think he will. Yeah, I'm going with you. Uh, I, I'm sure he win. See, but uh, they're going to have Reigns come. You know, the story of Reigns coming back from the. Journey incident, blah blah blah. I don't think so. I don't think they're going to make him. I think Strowman's going to win. Um, unfortunately, I don't think. I think Reigns should win because him losing, you know, the same month as he beat the Undertaker, I think that's stupid. I think that's so stupid. Uh, beating Strowman won't hurt him. Uh, although, although losing a dumpster match to Kalisto was stupid. Um, but yeah, I, 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 Rain should not lose this match because it just takes the heat away from him to the Undertaker. It just makes it, it just takes it away, and it's just gonna make me upset. But I understand they're pushing Strowman, and I appreciate that. I like it; they're doing a good job. But Roman Reigns shouldn't be the person he should be going against. I think they should have done a rematch with the show. So. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see what happens at Payback. Uh, thank you to Eugene Dinsmore for the wonderful interview and the awesome uh, stories that he said had never aired on TV. So that was uh, very interesting for him to share. Midwest All Pro. Evan Tech Proud, let him know your Twitter handles. Okay, thank you, everybody. Under the Match Radio, Twitter is at Tech underscore UTM all follow us on YouTube and Twitter and Facebook Instagram at under the mats radio live every Tuesday, seven PM Eastern time on Blog Talk Radio. You can listen to our archives on YouTube. Thank you all ladies and gentlemen. Until next week, enjoy payback, enjoy the wicked wrestling. God bless you all and have a great night. Goodbye. Yes, thank you. Good night. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.